We are live. Welcome back to another episode of Business in the Front podcast. Today we have Josh and this is Culture Customs. Hey, how's it going? This is the podcast hosted to you by Woosh Delivery with your hosts, uh, Chad Tennant and Brian Parker. Hey, what's up, everybody? And I don't know if I should say host twice. Is that how you, is that how you do it? I don't we're, know. I don't know. We're, we'll, we'll fix it next time if it doesn't There's work. no rules, man. Yeah, we'll just make everything up anyway. We'll just, we'll just make it up as we go. <laughs> yeah. But so do you want to go with like the normal thing that we've been doing, the template, or do you want to run with kind we of do the whatever that we've been talking? So we had some recording issues, but we, I believe, fixed them, and we were kind it, of... It actually sounds a lot better now. Yeah, and honestly, yeah, it, it does. does. I don't know if we're just talking louder or what. But I'm like, is it actually recording? Yeah, we're good. <laughs> we were talking about important components of a business structure and how um, duplication is an important factor, but uh, duplication specifically of leadership is important. And Josh was enlightening us a little bit about that. So if you wanted to touch back on that, uh, we could do a little run through and then you left off with talking about human factors. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, a lot of, uh, and I guess we'll get into it later when uh, uh, you know I talk a little bit more about my business. But a lot of what I've been looking at is uh, pretty much how to duplicate it and the components of what is required and what's necessary, what ingredients I need in order to make that a reality. Um, And so uh, I think that a lot of it boils down to uh, the core values that are established and a system of leadership development to uh, uh, take what has been made successful, what has been made to work, and pass that torch on to the next generation. generation of ownership or, or um, uh, workforce, I guess, that is within that organization to allow it to keep going in the same direction or just in the same uh, path of, of, of success, I suppose. Okay. And then we, we talked about instances where maybe a business is sold or maybe the owner or majority shareholder, I guess, what, like if they passed away, whether it was something uh, that was like forecasted or not, how that can affect continuity and duplication of the business itself or just procedures integral to the functioning of that business. So we talked about the importance of, I guess it could be a sense of decentralization, like everybody kind of knowing enough of the plan to keep everything on track until a better solution can be made. Mm-hmm. Or uh, So you talked about that a little bit and then you said something big to touch on was human factors. What do you mean by that? Yeah. So um, naturally, uh, humans are... Uh, well, we're humans, and there's a lot of things that go into that. Right. But <clears throat> when you look at a a uh, a business that, like you you know had said that, where somebody either you know passes away and and that leadership role is transferred to somebody else, um, or the business is just passed along, uh, or it's sold, or you know however that comes about. Right. Uh, the initial intent of that business is lost if it hasn't been. Uh, established through core principles and, and values and, and, and whatnot. And I think a lot of times what happens is that uh, greed comes into play and uh, ultimately that brings the demise of that business because they, they've steered away from what, what brought it to where it was, complacency set in because they didn't give the effort, the they didn't pay the price to bring it to where it is. And ultimately it, it causes it to crash and burn. So essentially, it's just like a loss of touch with who the business... I mean, you truly cannot have an idea of what the business is all about if you did not start it or closely shadow the person that did. Yeah, correct. So that's why we started this in the first place was like to show, um, you know, people that that have never or never had or never thought about starting a business, all of the ins and outs and like the backside of it because... You know, everybody gets to go to their favorite restaurant and and just go in there, sit at a table and eat. They they don't think about like the the health inspections, the working on the menus, the financial stress, the planning, the hiring, the training, and then like making sure it's up to your standards. I mean, there's so many things that go into building businesses that are often overlooked and undervalued. I mean, like you know, like I, I always look at like photography is a great example of like an, an industry that's really undervalued. And they're like, why are my pictures $60? It's like, you know, until you've taken a, until you've won, you've bought the equipment and you spent $5,000 on a camera yeah, that, that can take, expensive. I mean, the, I mean, I have a, I have an okay camera and it was $1,200 and like a lens to get a wide angle is like another thousand dollars. Like people do not understand. Like when they have to pay $3,000 for their wedding pictures, like 
That it, <laughs> I wouldn't do it for three thousand dollars. I can tell you that right now. Like my time is worth more than that. But um, but if you really wanted it, yeah. But you like they have to. You know, you have to bend a certain a bit a certain amount because like you know you need to make money and they they want their pictures and they'll settle for that price. But you know that's just you're there first of all all day recording and taking pictures and whatever, and then you've got to spend how much time editing and mm-hmm. yeah. Well, that's I mean, it is a copious amount of work. That's what Nicole said in the first episode. I don't know if she said it in the first episode, but she said it to us at least when we were talking about shooting the episode. Yeah. But she said people have no idea what a product or service is. They have no idea what goes into actually producing it, making it, procuring it. Right. But they know exactly what it's worth. And they exactly. know exactly how much they should have to pay for it. Right. And that's and that's like where, you know, that we I really wanted to bridge that gap was to show people the behind the scenes of like, hey, these are people yeah, you know, they have struggles just like us. This is not easy and this is not something that should be taken lightly. And if like if you think it's expensive, take a look at this podcast and and like let's learn about these people and the experiences and the struggles and success and you know, instead of just like people look at something and then they automatically have an opinion or they've never thought about it more than a couple seconds and if you just take some time to look back and be like, okay, you know, like there is a lot that goes into this. This, is, this isn't as easy as it seems, and well, that happens so often. People just devaluing work and services and all kinds of stuff. Well, do you think? I mean, detailing is another exception of like, you know, they're like, oh, it's not a hundred dollars for in and out and clay bar and and you know all like the minor like the insane detail and like the shampooing and steaming and like people you know they're like, oh, I use the scrub brush at the car wash is that bad and then it's got spider webs all over their paint like they don't understand do you think there's like a passive assumption also that because you own a business you already make a lot of money or yeah like people, you already people don't think, have to work very hard people think i am rich <laughs> and i it's because i do so much you know i'm involved in a lot of things and that's just because i'm a crazy person you know i'm not like i'm not a normal person normal people don't do this uh, <laughs> <laughs> and that's fine with me like i'm just not content at doing anything but um i'm just a big dreamer you know i got a lot well, of the normal of today don't do this you look back 150 200 years ago and this you know right. what you're talking about isn't you know was normal well but. yeah people are like oh you're taking your life into your own hands but it's like it's been the what we see now societally is like an anomaly if we look at the collective of human history it's like right. we've spent a lot more time with like the, oh, literally every person has absolute control over their life. And it's like, if you do or do not do something, it will have direct ramifications that affect the rest of your life. Now it's like you're living in a massive safety net. It might not be a very pleasant one, but it's like doing anything at all that used to make us human is now just seen as incredibly risky and not worth doing. Right. And that's another weird thing about like people thinking that like me, like I am wealthy is like three years ago, I started the business with four hundred dollars. And like people, you know, like people told me that it was a bad idea, that I shouldn't have done it, that I should stay at my job. And like, they just don't understand, you know, first of all, when you have a vision, uh, you know, the goal isn't really to become wealthy. It's just to bring something to fruition. You know, it's like, Hey, I really, I mean, me, it was like, I like to look at holes in the market and I was like, uh, Hey, you know, there's no delivery services here, uh, but we know they exist. And I, and I think it would do well here. And so like, I didn't realize I was tapping into such a huge like rural market of like, Hey, the rural markets are totally underserved. Um, and these, and these giant corporations at the time weren't tackling those markets. So I was looking at like, you know, Worcester, uh, Ashland, you know, like places like that where it's like, there's nothing here and there probably won't be for a long time. And I, I really got to work after I saw an Uber Eats sign at the McDonald's on uh, bell and a couple of months later it was gone. And I was like, Oh, okay. And I was like, Oh, they must, you know, must not have like, uh, I think they're like a partnership ended or whatever, like uh, corporate wise. But that gave me the idea. I was like, Oh cool. You know, they, they missed the boat. Like it's time for the gravy train. Uh, but you know, a lot of people don't know I operated at a negative balance for a year and a half. Like, you know, like that is the kind of stuff that like needs yeah. to be talked about. Well, yeah, because, they don't see the backside of everything. Yeah, when you start anything. a business with four hundred dollars, like it is not good, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but I wanted it so bad that yeah. any I would do anything. It just goes to show that you could make it work. Exactly, and like people just need to have like that. You know, it's not a great thing to have like ungodly blind confidence, but um, you got to start somewhere. You know, it can be helpful. <laughs> yeah, it so, was good uh, for me. But yes. Yeah. So anyway. 
Uh, Josh, with all that being said, we have you on today. Could you tell us uh, like what your business is, where it's at, and what you do? Yeah. <clears throat> so, uh, like Chad had said, my uh, business is called Culture Customs, and we are a uh, uh, well. I used to be Culture Customs Mobile Detailing, but we're now branching off into into other things. Um, so for now, it's just Culture Customs, I guess. Um, but uh, I do. I started off offering mobile detailing services, um, where I would go to my customers and take care of whatever. Uh, uh, automotive detailing needs that they that they would need um, and uh, so we are located in uh, currently located in, in Strasburg um, which is kind of a minute detail because I'm mobile I'm not I don't you know I don't have a physical location right um, but uh, yeah so uh, you know short synopsis that that would be what you know culture customs is okay and then how far normally do you travel or are you willing to travel to provide your service uh, if they're willing to pay, I'll go wherever. Okay. Um, I've gone out to PA already, um, down to Columbus, wow. um, uh, you know, up, up to Cleveland on the lake. Um, there's That's insane. What happened in PA that they couldn't, like, find anything closer? Just uh, became word of mouth and uh, in, uh, when, when, you know, word talks and, you know, right. you find somebody good, um, you know, like I know that's what I do. If I if I find somebody good, then you know it's it's worth driving the hour to go to that mechanic right. or something, even if it's an inconvenience. I know that they have my best interest at heart, and it's appreciated and, and, and valued. So that was just a connection that was made from from a word of mouth. Nice. Uh, that's amazing. That, yeah, it worked out good. Hopefully, cool. we'll get some more of that by doing this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Everybody needs a detail. Especially with winter coming up, you need that undercoat on so your shit doesn't rust. Yeah. Yeah. What kind of uh, services are all included with cleaning, detailing, everything that you do? Oh, man. So there are um, so many different um, things that you can do as a detailer. Um, so because of, you know, how confusing that can get, I, I put together a few different packages um, that just, you know, I felt like were, you know, a basic thing that, that somebody would, would want and need. Um, so... Uh, yeah, I mean that's a hard question to to, to or, answer. So, what are more of the most common things that you would do? Then you say mm-hmm. or that you offer, or does it change pretty often as well? Um, I mean, the the season definitely uh, has an influence on that, but more or less, it's it's mostly just an overall just cleanup. You know, they just right. they want to restart on their car and and uh, uh, just want to feel like they're in a brand new car again. Dude, you know what would be really cool is to, um, <clears throat> one, because like people undervalue that type of work. Absolutely. And so like you could have a couple different packages, you know, like a basic premium, like, you know, millionaire, whatever. Um, and then have like a cool shot video, you know, sped up with each level of detail. So that way it's like, if you want this level of clean, this is how much it is. If you want this level of clean, it's going to cost this much. And if you want it to look like it just rolled off the lot, it's going to cost this much. But I think visualizing like the actual, like this is a car I did this detail on. This is the quality of work you're going to expect. Mm-hmm. That w- I think that would be a huge selling point um, to like literally just have like a little video under that category. Uh, just like showcasing like that, you know, specific um, package or whatever. Yeah, yeah, that is a great idea because detailing is, um, uh, it's not like you're buying a product and you get to use it. Uh, or it's not like buying another service where, you know, it's like Wi-Fi, you know, where you just kind of have it. And well, I guess it is kind of like Wi-Fi to an extent, but it, it's more of an experience than anything else because, you know, we can all. It's also preventative maintenance, too. People don't think about that. Absolutely. Especially here in Ohio. It's, yeah, right. it's massive. Yeah. I mean, uh, elaborate on that a little bit. Like what is what are some of the things that like when people don't take care of their car? Um, you know, like salt is huge rust. Like what are, you know, what are some things that like, do you think, uh, detailing takes care of in some, like some of the things that you offer, like, you know, Hey, it's, it's going to, we're starting, we're going to start getting salt in the ground. Um, you guys should do this ahead of time or afterwards or whatever. Yeah. So because it is uh winter time and they're throwing on the salts and now the new calcium stuff that is horrid i don't know how why they're even allowed to do that you know by epa standards i guess right. but um yeah salt is is pretty rough that you know just just destroys stuff but the the biggest uh thing that that hurts a vehicle uh and when i mean hurts the vehicle i mean the the uh the paint the the glass the the you know inside upholstery and you know panels and everything on the inside is, is the sun uh, that's one thing that is completely overlooked. Everybody thinks that it's just salt that, that you know tears everything up, but it's mostly the sun that that, right. that beats on on stuff. And so, um, there's 
a few different things that you can do, but, uh, you know, the biggest thing is just having UV inhibitors, just like, you know, just like sunglasses, you know, they have a, a UV, you know, layer over top of them right, to right. protect your eyes. You can do the same thing on your, on your vehicles. And so, you know, on the outside, you do that with waxes and on the inside, you do that with dressings and whatnot. Um, and you know, there's a, you know, select few good products out there that just automatically, you know, that they add UV inhibitors into those products that just, right. so on, on regular maintenance, it, it prevents the, you know, the, the sun from, from, you know, giving good damage to those components. Right. Do you yeah. think it's, oh, sorry. What were sorry. You I was just going to say when I lived in Arizona, um, those things were really popular. Everybody had UV protection cause that's the sun would destroy your car out there mm-hmm. and everybody had those, um, foil things inside of your car or else you'd die. Oh yeah. <laughs> like melt you <laughs> yeah, like it. 5 million degrees in there. <laughs> so with that being said, like specifically about the sun and the services that you offer, would you say that's something that's pretty commonly overlooked? It's like technically since you're restoring or keeping their car as close to like factory quality as it was. Uh, and that's, I guess, something that maybe the average person doesn't really spend a lot of time focusing on. They it'd, be, just, it'd be cool to show like the rate of depreciation with and without maintenance. Oh, like a control. Yeah. But that's it the thing. Be. Like if people don't see that, like compare and contrast, like, oh, this is what my car would look like if I didn't do all of these things. Otherwise right. they're just like handing you money. Yeah. Like, a and then they're like oh, difference. my car looks the same as when I had it. Like I, it's supposed to be, it's, I'm trying to think of a way to conceptualize this. It's like you give them something that it's like, they wouldn't have if they didn't take care of their vehicle, but to them, it doesn't really look like anything's changing that much. So right. it's like, do you it's feel like, like that kind thing. of goes with the value where people are like, why should I pay that much? But it's like, dude, if I could only prove to you, like if you didn't do any of this stuff, you'd be paying so much more money right. later down the line. But it's like, they don't think about the bigger picture. Mm-hmm. They just want to be like, oh, I don't want to hand over this much money right or, now. Or they don't take it. They don't do it until it's like too late, you know, until the paint's destroyed. And then they want to blame you, but it's exactly. like, dude, if you would have taken it's care like, of your car. It's like a miracle case then. And it's like, you know, you're not a miracle worker. You're So like, I guess that's a great case for the preventative maintenance. Um, just, I, I think it'd be really cool to take two cars side by side that like one's been detailed for 10 years, like every, you know, six months or something. And then one's like had nothing mm-hmm. and just like see the difference in like, you know, how the paint coat looks and how the side skirts and the undercarriage and all that fun stuff. Yeah. Interestingly enough with that. Um, so I've got a, uh, I've got a 2005, uh, Honda Civic EP3 mm-hmm. and, uh, uh, you know, I've driven this thing, you know, every day for the last four years or so. And I've got a buddy who's all, you know, he, well, we've got like five of them in between, in between the, the two of us, but he's got a, a, a parts EP3 that's, that's sitting there. And, uh, we got them roughly about the same time. And, you know, they only made them from 2002 to 2005. So, you know, it's the same year range and everything. So nice. the same amount of time that, that, um, you know, these things have been out there. Right. Um, and, uh, it's interesting to look at, you know, the one that, uh, you know, the one that I'm driving around that, you know, not because I'm a detailer and I, you know, take care of it and every, and, and, and whatnot, but, um, that is a, a factor in it, but then compare it to the, uh, the parts one that he's got sitting there and they look dramatically different, right? You know, they've got equivalent miles and whatnot. Uh, and just because one is being driven and it's being maintained and taken care of versus one that's just sitting there and it's getting beat on by the sun and, you know, it's not, yeah, it's not getting used whatsoever, but it's also not being maintained in any sense whatsoever. And so, um, you know, it's, you know, roughly kind of like, you know, what, what you guys are saying there is, you know, that contrast and whatnot. But even by just sitting there doing nothing and you're still driving one around, it's like a drastic difference. Like, yeah. So imagine if that one weren't being maintained and they were still using it just as much as you were. Mm hmm. Cars need driven too. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Now like cars that sit like they, like Coral's grandpa, her car, his car, uh, had 38,000 miles on it and then he didn't drive it like ever. So they had to replace the entire engine and like, so it has like an engine with like 2000 miles on it and it has the light on again because it just wasn't driven enough. Like that's another weird thing. Yeah. That's one thing I really love about life is that there's universal principles or universal laws out there. And that is definitely one of them is, you know, it, I think the saying goes like, you know, it's better to wear out than rust out. And that just happens in anything. Moving is prescription. Yeah. If there's something that's just sitting there, regardless of what it is, whether it be a human body or, you know, a house or, I mean, a house that lived, that is lived in lasts so much longer, even if it's getting beat up by kids and whatever, it lasts so much longer than than a house that's just sitting there vacant. It's crazy how that works. Yeah. It's wild. But it's like, I mean, even, because I think a lot of people think it's a lot of work to maintain a piece of property, like a house or something like a car, but it's like, it's also weird to think that without you 
doing what you consider to be nothing, just like living your life and kind of like beating up on it. It's like it would probably still be in worse shape if you weren't even there. Right. right? Like you still have something that values uh, or adds value to the situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's pretty wild. I mean, it, like especially like the way nature is like it takes its course and it'll, you know, trees will come up through it. And it's crazy what happens when you just don't do anything to something and you just let it be consumed, you know? Yeah. I think that's why so many people, because they started doing like tours at Chernobyl, I'm pretty sure, over mm-hmm. in the Ukraine. And it's like, yeah, that whole place has been abandoned since the 80s. And it's right. like, and that's where else do you really get to see what happens when people just stop messing with stuff? Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. it sucks that it took like a disaster right. to uh, push us that far <laughs> or like to see what would happen. But uh, I don't know. We're a little off course, I think. That's all right. But, <laughs> but we're, uh, we're here to talk and have fun. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So what, uh, how long have you been doing detailing and what originally got you started in detailing? Uh, obsession on cars is what, you know, really got me into it. And well, I wouldn't really call it an obsession. I just really appreciate cars. I think that they're, um, just, a. a I think that they literally are a piece of art, you know, it's just right. a, an, of course. an engineering masterpiece. And I just think it's so cool that we can get in this little, you know, box on wheels and just go flying down the road like it's just incredible right a bunch of little explosions in a box propelling you for yeah that's wild (laughs) it's insane (laughs) um engines don't make any sense to me (laughs) yeah it's they're just you know i was looking into it a little bit more uh getting off topic a a little bit i guess uh but engines are just a they're just a big wind tunnel like that's all they do is they just produce air that's it they suck it in and push it out at a higher rate and it's just like when you think about that and it's like that's what it produced like it's what, just a world? gradient for pressure, but yeah. here's all the yeah. convoluted weird stuff we had to do to make that happen. Right. And some guy just thought it up <laughs> sometime, like, you know, like something that didn't exist. And he was just like, yep, we're going to do this. Right. And then, I mean, they had steam engines and stuff before, but still it's like, I mean, I don't think we give revolutionary ideas enough credit. And maybe it's just because we talk about like the industrial revolution and we stuff like that in school. Well. Yeah. And it's like, oh, I've seen this every day of my entire life. But right. like, it's so easy to forget that there was just a time when none of this stuff existed. Right. You drop and a maybe- car off 200, 300 years <laughs> yeah. ago. I mean, we're like, what is this? A yeah. Honda Civic? I've never seen this in my life. Yeah. That is wild. <laughs> drop a motorcycle off 500 years ago. See what happens. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Eventually, they'd probably figure something out. Yeah, of course. But I, mean, I guess it'd be no know. different than you like, wouldn't have like you would have to go through all the industrial stuff to have like tools and parts and fuel. So like you couldn't do much. <laughs> yeah, once you ran out of fuel, you were kind of screwed. But that curiosity you, you would kick it. in though. And oh yeah. Like okay, how can we get? It's like this if we dropped going. off a, a Mac, you know, to like a bunch of chimpanzees in the woods. Well, they do. Like, well, what happens? They do experiments with. I mean, they're at zoos, but like, have you seen the short-term memory experiments with chimpanzees? And like, oh yeah, I can't remember Gorillas? what zoo it is, but they have like, it'll show them a screen, and there's the numbers like zero through nine. Yeah, they have to tap them and, in order, and they do it. I mean, it's like a flash. And yeah, they got and it. they show it to them on screen for like literally half a second, and then they all push it in the right order, and like they get rewarded with a treat. And even the people that designed the test like can't do it. They're like, yeah. I don't know how they're doing this. Unreal. <laughs> but yeah, it's so wild how like evolutionary the, adaptions. Yeah, it's, it's like. We can't do that, but somehow we're able to keep them in a container. Like, mm-hmm. one second. But, I'm going to pause this. Oh. <laughs> okay, now we're back. It's going. <laughs> Google said hello. Hello, Google. Um, so we were talking about car engines. Propulsion. Propul- uh, but you, oh, you were talking about uh, your interest in cars and how they are basically works of art. And that's like your fascination behind them kind of uh, got you into detailing. Yeah, yeah. Um, so. Pretty much, yeah. When I got my first car, probably I don't know, 2013 or so, is when when I when I really got into it. And I didn't even realize that I was detailing. I just, you know, I appreciated it and cleaned wanted it to respect up. it and yeah, you know, yeah. clean it up and everything. And then, you know, it just evolved into you know having a, an OCD, you know, very meticulous personality. It just evolved into more and 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 just went down that bunny trap right. of like, okay, now I'm you know seriously <laughs> invested into this. And I should start making money. Yeah. So I, uh, I, uh, you know, I started, uh, I started my business in, in 2018, like mid to late 2018. Um, okay. I just, I started Same. to have family members and, and, uh, uh, friends, uh, just ask me to, you know, start detailing your, their, their vehicles. And I'm like, well, you know, I could probably, you know, make a business out of this, I guess. Right. right. And so, you know, that's, that's ultimately how I started my business, but it, you know, it, it evolved from, uh, just a personal fascination with it, personal hobby, um, and, you know, became to, to what it is today. Nice. And what, uh, what was your first car? 
It was a 2004 Honda Civic VP. Oh, really? So it was a value package that had no no guts behind it whatsoever, and you know had the crank down windows. Yeah, and nice. I'm the thing Built just, character. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what my mom said. <laughs> That's funny. Outstanding. So, um, like, I don't know. I like to think of detailing as like um, it's one of those things you have to learn. And, um, like when you started, like in, in terms of like the struggles and stuff, like what did you learn between, um, like what products were good, what products were bad, um, what kind of things were you not doing that you should have been doing, um, like clay bars or, you know, any of that kind of stuff. So like, what was the evolution or, um, evolution of the, I guess the process and what kind of struggles did you have, like starting up and scaling and getting to where you are now? Yeah. So, um, that uh, is a relentless list right there yeah. because uh, there's so many factors <laughs> that, that go into everything. But probably um, the the biggest thing that comes to mind is, you know, you had mentioned the products. And when I first like really started to get into it, the thing that was so overwhelming was, you know, you go to a store and there is like 600 different products on the shelf. Right, right. And it's like, where do you even start? Yeah. And, you know, so then I started to, you know, research more into it, you know, following some of the, the larger um you know, detailing product, you know, producers, manufacturers out there. And one thing that like really got under my skin was that they would come out with a new product like every month and, or like every, you know, quarter or something, every six months or whatever. And, you know, it just was always so stressful because it's like, you know, well, there's seven different products here that accomplish this one thing. And then there's eight products over here that accomplish this one thing. And apparently I'd have to have all of them. In order yeah. to do everything. <laughs> right. And it's like, you know, it was so overwhelming to figure that out. And so a lot of it was literally weeding through the hundreds of different products out there and investing thousands of dollars and, and figuring out what works and what doesn't work, what's just marketing hype and, you know, what's legit and actually right. working. And, um, you know, that's something that I'm actually still, uh, that's a hurdle that I'm still uh, fighting with right now, not in the sense of like finding products because, you know, I found a really awesome line of products that I'll get into a little bit later, I guess. Uh, but what I'm having to deal with now is educating the, uh, the marketplace, the community, right. the, my clientele on, you know, the difference between stuff, because now they're faced with the, the same struggle of, yeah, there's a thousand different products out there. And if you don't offer this and I don't want it kind of thing. Or, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or yeah. like if I'm going to do this, it's going to cost a little more, but it, trust me, it's going to work out in your favor kind of a thing or. Well, mostly. Um, so uh, uh, the, the large man- detailing product manufacturers, they have blown up so and been inflated so hugely in the last you know few years that, that they have in a way they, they've equipped the common person, uh, just the every everyday person, to believe that they can go out and detail a car. Which, mind you, anybody can clean a car. Anybody can detail a car. It just takes patience and time and whatnot. Right. It's a it's a skill. It takes time to develop and and well, hone. Going back to like the photography example, it's like you put a amazing, like relatively amazing camera on the back of every smartphone. And then everybody thinks like, oh, why do wedding pictures cost so much when I could just take them on my phone? But it's like, why aren't you taking them on your phone then? Why are you coming to me asking me to do something? Right. Like, is it kind of like that with the products for car detailing or just people's attitude toward it in general? Both just in general, you know, they've, they've made this, uh, you know, this construct, they've equipped people mentally to believe that, you know, they can just go out there and buy a few products. And then, you know, now they can be a weekend warrior detailer. And Again, you can certainly do that, and that's perfectly fine. But there's a difference between, and I know because I was there. But there's a difference between a hobbyist, somebody who can just, you know, you know, who just enjoys to wash their car on the weekend, versus somebody who is a professional, who is certified, and who has paid the price and invested, and 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 uh, you know, has gone through all the steps of being able to look at at, at a vehicle and and be able to do what is needed on that vehicle to to bring out whatever results you're, you're, you're looking to get. And right. so that's probably the biggest thing is just, you know, trying to fight with, um, you know, these large companies that just want to take advantage of people's ignorance right. by, you know, just continually creating new products and saying, okay, well you need to, you know, if you want to achieve this result, then you need this product right here when right. that's not it at all, you yeah. know? Interesting. Uh, what are what's like uh, your 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 favorite and your least favorite detail? Do you have any stories? Oh, um, I I just gotta say that uh, cleaning windows is terrible. 
I do not cl- like cleaning vehicle <laughs> windows. There, there's something about them that is just, they're not only challenging to, uh, to clean, but they're just, they're not fun to clean. <laughs> it's right. such a simple thing, but like, is it like making sure there's no streaks or like fingerprints or anything, or is it just that and just the awkward the... angles that, you know, especially like right. for the windshields, like you just got to really contort your body, you know, to get up to in there sometimes. The and it's yeah. Like, man, sure. it's just, I mean, it's such a small thing, but it's just like, I don't, I don't like doing that. How, how much more difficult is like a truck, like a big truck versus like a little like hatchback? It's so much easier. Is it really? Yeah. I love doing trucks. there's more room to work mm-hmm. around. Okay. okay. Yeah. It, trucks are my favorite Does it take a lot thing. longer? Uh, not really. I mean, it, it, it's, it's all relative. Um, okay. you know, that's like you were asking earlier about, you know, you know, uh, what you can provide and the price ranges and everything. It's like, you know, people ask me like, well, how much to do this? And it's like, I don't know. It's like a human being, you know, it's like, they're all different. You know, that right. car's, you know, it could be the same exact year making model, same miles, but you know, one person ate in their car for 12 months and you know it's filthy right. and then the other person you know swept it out every other weekend I feel, like, I feel like you would have to like send pictures of your car and like the interior to get like if you really wanted a quote without having them actually see the car um just to find out it smells like cigarettes or something like, right yeah. yeah there's so much that's lost going from like being there in three right. dimensions to seeing a 2d picture and it's like yeah well, that's like, the other thing it's like a it. customer base has just been trained to think it's like oh it costs this much for a detail they don't need a quote I think maybe that's like dealerships that have caused that too, because like you can just take it to like a dealership, and um, some of them, uh, some of them have like detailing on there. It's like a flat rate, you know, because mm-hmm. they don't care about the. They're not doing it for the profit of detailing. They're doing, you know, like how much can we tack on top of whatever service we're already providing, and just yeah, say we detailed know. a car. I mean, it's just a we- it's a weird space, and because like it's like, why did it get to the way it is of like? You know, people just assume the price or they think that they can get a quote over the phone. I don't know. I think that's maybe just like due to like insurance, you know, like, oh, here's a five minute com- conversation and here's your quote and you can start paying it now. Um, but that's obviously like a lot more difficult when you get into like other stuff. And Well, I mean, I think there's a lot of, I mean, instant gratification, I think is a big part of everything now. It's like, I want to have it and I want to have it now. But on right. top of it, it's like, if I don't have to do it, it myself, I'm not going to, but I also don't want to spend a lot of money. And right. it's like all of these kind of contradicting viewpoints where it's like, it'd be really neat if all this stuff worked out exactly the way that I want it. But it's like, even for something like that, you kind of have to work at it. Like you're if, and maybe the work that you need to do is just being able to pay the price that someone that's actually going to do all the physical labor asks you to pay them. But for some reason, that's too much. I don't know. But like you also hear horror stories of people that have been screwed over in the past and then they think everybody's a con artist and it's like anybody that's running a small business that doesn't have like a solid brick and mortar and like hundreds of reviews and stuff. Yeah, like whatever they've been conditioned to think is like legitimate. If it doesn't have like one of those things, they're just like, oh, like none of this is worth it. I should be able to negotiate you down to whatever I think is right instead of still just going out and trying. And and that's where I think like having those videos of like that actual detail would be so much more powerful um, to to like really say like, hey, this is the level of detail you get for this price, Um, you know, depending on the size of your car and whatever. And then like if you really want like this detail, you know, if you're if you're if you're expecting to pay a hundred dollars, but you want level three detailing, it's not going to happen. So that <laughs> lower your expectations, you know. But it'll give them uh, an actual reference to have an expectation of. Have you ever like split a car, not physically in half, but like ever just cleaned one half of it and then let the other one stay like the way it was when you got there, just to like show somebody like, hey, this is what I'm doing. I have, or, yeah, yeah, actually. Is nice. that? I bet that'd be pretty satisfying. It, yeah, yeah. It was pretty cool to cool to see. The lady had a few dogs, and I mean, it was it was pretty pretty messy and beat up on the inside. And so I, I so. bet that's fun though. Like when you're doing it, like when you get the first half done and you have it split in the center, you're just like, yeah, look at that. <laughs> yeah, detailing is such a it's such a satisfying profession, um, right. or even just a hobby. You know, if you're just out right. there doing it, you know, on the weekend, like it is just so it's. It can be frustrating, but it's super satisfying because there's a lot of patience that you have to put into it, but the the end results are always worth it. Right. Do you make like TikToks or anything? Yeah. Yeah. We started to do, um, you know, some some TikToks because that's a pretty big, you know, boom right now, I guess. Yeah. I like watching it on TikTok too. So Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, that's, that's almost like ASMR kind of stuff. Somebody can kind of yeah, just like it's, tune it's out. It's really and look satisfying. At it and they get like yeah. a satisfaction just by watching you do what you like to do anyway. Right. Do but you I, have I've, any? I, I've seen uh, like specifically like detailers on that app being like, hey, you know, I'm like they're recording the video to show you like, hey, if you want this level of detail, like it's not, you're not going to get it for this price or like, you know, look at all this extra work I'm physically doing and I'm spending five minutes scrubbing your center console. Um, <laughs> You, you know, spilled pop in it and let the sun bake exactly, in. Exactly, like coins right. and dog hair stuck in it. And, like <laughs> and, and, and yeah, right, exactly. So it's like I really like that aspect of it, of just like physically showing and uh, you know getting nice shots of like the before and afters and like the process and and again it's like it's like this podcast it puts people in touch with what you're actually doing because if you know if you if you're not watching you you know detail the car while you're at the house or if they drop it off somewhere. They have no idea, you know. They they drop it off, and then they, a lot of times they don't even realize how bad it is because they probably haven't looked in their center console in like you know five years. Yeah, um, or they haven't ever like pulled their WeatherTech mats up or whatever. <laughs> so yeah, I mean like people like I have WeatherTech mats. I I can tell you right now, a hundred percent worth the investment, a million percent. I, I would pay $5 million for those. They're pretty neat. I'm not going to lie. No, seriously, especially in the winter when you get in there with like wet shoes and it's like all, because like uh, whenever I pull my mats up, like the, the carpet underneath is like pristine. Mm-hmm. It is perfect. And then the cut, the mat, like the carpet around it is like all discolored yeah. and yeah. it's got like uh, leaves and stuff. But um, yeah, if you're trying to make the, the, the decision of getting those, uh, you You've, you need them. <laughs> you need them. <laughs> like, I can't believe I didn't have them. Like, I just remember, like, my floor being soaking wet in the winter and just, like, <laughs> slipping your foot on the gas and brake pedals. And, oh, yeah. And then, you Plus, know. Plus, like, you could get mold from that yeah, kind of stuff. Yeah, you get mildew, smell, kinds of, yeah. Uh, Dude, I had, I had an Impala. And this is, I actually learned something about, I think it's GM products. Uh, the weather strip uh, thing that they, it comes with, um, like, under the hood to keep uh, water from like you know getting into like your air ducts and mm-hmm. stuff they they're like not applied well so they were like loose and so like uh, my windows were always rolled up and like uh one day i um my radio stopped working i was like that's weird <laughs> <laughs> and uh i looked in the back seat of the car and there was like two inches of water uh, on the floor oh no and it was like what like i did not leave my windows down like how did this happen and that's when we started doing like research and we saw that like, oh, you know, these products, uh, these cars like were notorious for having like that strip just like not put on well. But it wasn't enough to have a recall or anything. Uh, they don't care. <laughs> but well, like when I opened, when I pulled, when I, when I looked at it, it was literally just like flopping around. Like it wasn't even on there all the way. Cause like how, you know, if you're, if you're a normal person, like I don't go under my hood unless there's a problem. So. You know, but like that's (laughs) you say that's like being a normal person now, but it's like, I don't know. All I've heard from like people my parents age, they're like, yeah, like back when you used to get a car, it's like you did all the all of your own stuff. Like you did timing on We live in the service generation. Yeah, it's like it's crazy because it's like they're like, oh, like at the same time, it's like, oh, we never wanted you to have to do all of that work. But at the same time, it's like we wish you knew how to do all of that stuff on your own. Right. And it's just like the contradicting ideas. But or it's like. Oh goodness! <laughs> yeah, I accidentally hit the spray. I do that like every time. But no, I was just talking to somebody in my family the other day about how it's like all the shop classes, at least, or like the STEM kind of classes, like engineering, Steam. technology. It's Steam now. <laughs> um, no, I'm serious. It's like they removed them from. Oh wait, really? It is. Yeah, it's oh, Steam. Oh shit! I thought you were it added like a I Steam think Games art. plug or something. Oh okay. But it was like all of that went from being like base curriculum that you could do during the normal operating hours of school to being extracurricular. And it's like if you played sports, like you couldn't go do any of that other stuff. You had to make a choice. Right. And it's like, yeah, you could have made that choice. But it's like, why is all this stuff that's like actually useful getting removed? And then and like, I mean, we've complained. I don't know how many times about how it's like, I mean, I don't like taxes, but school right. didn't tell me how to do them. Yeah. Like I so it's like, yeah, I go figure out. I, I don't know how to buy a house. <laughs> you got to you got to hire Brad at Journey Bookkeeping. <laughs> <laughs> because I don't know what I'm doing. Me neither. Brad is a great guy. I trust that man with all of my money. Yeah. <laughs> He's actually my dad now. <laughs> but no joke, he does run a very good business. Like, yeah, you totally no. check him out. But <laughs> sorry, Brad. <laughs> but oh, we got derailed. I forgot where I was going we, with that. We've been, but, uh, we, we did a podcast right before this for two hours. So <laughs> I was having a great time. But no, um, so what are some things like 
knowing what you know now, what are some things that you would do differently if there are any with regard to your business or like processes you've used or like trial and error kind of stuff? Man, that's a thought about that a lot. And, um, you know, ultimately I don't, I don't, I think, I don't know, there is a correct answer. And I think that it is that, you know, nothing because, you know, in order to be where you are today, it's all based off of the decisions that you made and the experiences that you went through to be here today. Right. But, you know, obviously if I were to do it again, and I guess circling back to what we were talking about earlier about, you know, creating a duplicatable process, I could look back and I could see, you know, a thousand different things that I would totally change and and make different to make that process again, simpler, easier, more, uh, more efficient. Um, so I don't know. I could, (laughs) I could talk for days, I guess, on, on things that I would do differently. You know what nobody has said yet? That they would they change would, anything? That they would go back in time and buy Bitcoin. <laughs> the first thing I did to assure my business well, was successful. I don't think everybody automatically associates that with their business, though, but I guess that is kind of a testament. I don't know. but That's what I think about. Wait until I get a time machine. Just wait. <laughs> oh, man. I'm not helpful. <laughs> but, no, I'm... Oh, man. What uh, what are your plans? You know, like how many how, do you have any employees or anything? Contractors? Yeah, I've got I've got one uh, one person that works with me now. Um, so they help me out with uh, with a lot of the the back office stuff, and then give me a hand, you know, on on, on detail jobs as well. Sure. Um, and then plans. Uh, I I've got I've got pretty large plans for it. I'm I'm a I'm a pretty big uh, uh, visioneer, I guess. Let's hear um, him, bro. Lay him down. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so. Um, <clears throat> So initially, you know, I came up with the name Culture Customs because I wanted to create uh, a culture of, I just wanted, whether it be just in my business or, you know, through through everybody that it touches as well, I wanted to create a better culture uh, that, that, you know, like we talked about earlier with, you know, uh, you know, some of the larger businesses that a, a large part of why those fail and, you know, become less than average is because the culture died because the leadership, you know, it was failed to, to, to be passed on. Right. And so I wanted to create, um, you know, ultimately I want to create a culture that, you know, is just, just rock solid that, that people can, can buy into and, and be a part of and, you know, have it impact their lives. And what I mean by that is the customs aspect of it is, um, when you look at a culture, um, it, it, each each different culture has different customs that are within that culture, and so it's kind of a two part there. Um, uh, so the customs then you know that I'd like to create is just you know implementing you know good values and morals and ethics and, right. and you know good foundational you know principles and whatever. But then also the customs of customizing a vehicle, and so you know starting out uh, as detailing, um, I want to eventually branch into, which I am here soon with a few different things, but I want to eventually be able to get into a wide array of, of, um, you know, the automotive world. So here soon we're going to be offering, uh, window tinting, um, and then also, nice. uh, metal aluminum polishing, uh, which is, which is, uh, pretty large as well. And, you know, then it gets into the, the you know, the technology side of things, you know, installing, you know, stereo systems, remote starts. Should help people set up their Apple and Android CarPlay. Yep. Oh, Oh, yeah. <laughs> yep, absolutely. Uh, powder coating, um, you know, and then eventually all the way down. I mean, I've got, I, I think it would be really cool one day to, to buy a racetrack. I think it'd be nice. sweet to own a racetrack. Some Cletus and, McFarland stuff. Yeah. You know who that is? Yep, yep. Oh, yeah, man, that'd be awesome. Yeah, it, it'd be a great time. Nice. And I think that, I think, uh, I don't think, I, I know it'll happen one day. Um, but anyhow, um, you know, so then for a lot of different uh well, one aspect of it is I would like to uh, be able to have a place that has such a wide array of, of service offerings that um, we could even have a facility where, uh, you know, people that, uh, you know, came on hard times or, you know, they're, they're, they're you know, ex-convicts or whatever, they're having trouble getting back in the workplace or, you know, homeless people or, you know, whatever. It could be a place that they could come and they could learn a trade that, you know, they could choose right. from 15, you know, different things. That'd be awesome. That, uh, you know, then we can help them to get back on their feet while also instilling, you know, through the culture, uh, you know, good principles and whatever, teaching right. them, blah, 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 you know, to, you know, help, you know, get them, get them back on their feet. That's so, awesome. Yeah, that sounds incredible. And then you would also, in turn, get to instill those same values, customs, 
and kind of perpetuate what you're doing and use that to grow because it's like you seem like the kind of person where it's like sky's the limit but it can't lose core values like we right. will only, I don't care how long it takes but we have to do it the right way like there's Correct. no cutting corners there's no you can't sacrificing this one th- yeah it's an incredibly disciplined position yeah yeah there's, there's no limit to how tall you can build a building it just you just have to have a good foundation for it right it's absolutely right and that's really powerful stuff man I'm, I'm, that's awesome I'm, yeah that's I'm really, really incredible that. yeah yeah I think that'll be really cool and, I, and it's re- especially cool for like those types of um People, especially like uh, people that are coming from like a rehabilitation um, place, you know, uh, to help them like build some value and some core and create a foundation and a structure to build from. And, you know, where most people aren't willing to give somebody a helping hand um, to be able to like bring them in and teach them such valuable skills and then also build really powerful relationships so that you can, you know, keep for a long time and that's going to keep them out of like whatever, you know, wherever they came from and Mm -hmm. um, also help them build other people up and, you know, hopefully inspire them to be leaders. And I think that's really cool. I I like that a lot. Yeah. You get to pay it forward. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's cool. Um, Yeah. So uh, what, like, what is some, what, what is the best way for people to help support you? Uh, Really? It just comes down to, uh, you know, uh, just word of mouth and, and, you know, you can't, you can't, you know, share enough. Uh, right. I think it's, it's, especially nowadays, I think it's really important to, and I don't say this Exposure. just for my business, but yeah, for, for any small business, I think, I think that small business is so, you know, undervalued and so overlooked that right. it's, it's almost scary. Actually, it is scary because, you know, ultimately, you know, our country is built off of small businesses, you know, right. yeah, there's a handful of, you know, huge conglomerates out there, but, you know, uh, we saw what happened when, you know, none of the small businesses were allowed to operate and only the large ones were, and we saw what happened, you know, in, in the economy and in just in, you know, cultural society. Right. It was pretty much, you know, it was, it was a, it was a disaster. It was, it was yeah, a huge it's, disaster. It's still going. And that, I mean, that is so true too you know um for everybody listening like that's why we we want to do this that's why i came up with this idea in the first place was to you know one um you know show off and help friends and stuff like that but all to really just show that like you know small businesses are worth it and and they need the support and you know they they need your business and um it's it's to show you that it's like you know everybody wants to compare you know like they compare me to doordash all the time and it's like DoorDash is a multi-billion dollar company. Like, there's no comparison. You know, we do a similar thing. That's where the comparison Yeah, you ends. do the same service. Therefore, they associate. Like, Not oh, even all the same is, services. Well, the, to them, it's yeah, like exactly. you see them as the exact same thing, but, but it's they like, didn't look below surface level. Yeah, it's like I have children. I have a family. Like, I, I do stuff in my community. Like, people don't think about that kind of stuff. They're just like, why is your why are your fees this way? You know, it's the same thing where they just don't value it's it's like you know third party delivery services used to be a luxury it was some it was it was a you know really cool thing to to have available and now it's like what would you, you know, do without them kind of well a thing? it's like you know it's an expectation they're like oh you know the, the, your competitor is offering this much why aren't you this cheap and it's like cuz i don't have 80 billion dollars <laughs> like <laughs> what do you mean like i we're not the same thing but yeah i mean it's it's really important for people to understand um you know, the small businesses need the support. We need people to back us up. We need people to share our posts and, you know, make sure you leave reviews every single time um, that you can. Or if you if you tried the product and you really like it, like tell your friends, share it, you know, just do anything you can to support people. Especially now, you know, like we're all going through this recovery period of uh, what it was like for the last, you know, year and a half. Like it's just been crazy uh, for small business owners in general. And so if you see a business struggling and, you know, go in and say something nice, like, you know, leave a nice review or, or give them a call and just let them know you're thinking about them. Like, you know, people don't have, you, you guys have no idea how much like that means, um, to small business owners. And like, this, this stuff is hard. We put a lot of hours in, we put a lot of work in and, um, you know, you want to feel valued and appreciated and that's the best way to do it. So yeah, yeah man, you don't have to spend money to, to support a small business. There's, no, of course. there's more, I would even argue to say that, you know, just sharing the small business, just talking about it, uh, sharing posts, like you said, is, is more, uh, beneficial to the small business than you spending money at the small business. Right. 
And that's something you talking about like the last year and a half, something that I just thought of is like, it's interesting how much like large corporations like Amazon and like Kellogg's and I mean, all of the things that people are collectively complaining about rightfully so in a lot of cases, right. but it's like they benefited a ton from what had happened because small businesses weren't able to operate at nearly the same capacity. It wasn't even right. a level playing field to begin with, but now it's like we're the economy tanked because of actions that we took. And now it's like all of the small businesses got none of the spotlight when they were going through hell. And now it's like all of the same corporations are starting to feel a pinch and they're like, Oh, nobody wants to work. And they get to televise all of their right. complaints about how being a business owner, regardless of how huge they are is hard. But it's like, again, you still have all of these small businesses that went under or barely hanging on right now. And they still get none of the attention. Yeah. And it's like, you not only took everything from them, but now you are, st- you're stealing the spotlight from people that really deserve it and it's i don't know it just doesn't really make sense to me in any way yeah well that's that's what this podcast is for so you know what you know share this podcast share it with everybody please listen to it it's not that long you know we're almost we're just at the 50 minute mark like it's not a three-hour joe rogan podcast (laughs) (laughs) and even then like you should listen to those because you know it's 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 not that long yeah you sit and listen to intrusive thoughts in your head all day you should just stop (laughs) using your brain and listen to us talk about something for about an hour no but seriously like uh this this is an insane way to support people and you know we want this is a free thing we bring people on so they can talk about their business and uh we want people to support the businesses that come on here and and share their story and uh you know that's what this is for and we hope this podcast scales up and we get you know, all kinds of people listening to it. And hopefully one day we can have, you know, uh, we can monetize it and, and help, you know, support the businesses that come on here. And like, that's really our goal. So, um, yeah, I mean, you know, like I said, thanks, thanks for listening, everybody. Um, it was a great, it was a pleasure having you, Josh. And thanks for having me on. Do you have any social media you want to plug? I don't know. Yeah, let's plug. Let's do the plug. Yeah. Uh, so I, I have both Instagram and, and the Facebook. I won't, uh, yeah, yeah, I have both of those, and you can just look up Culture Customs detailing on on both of those, and and you'll be able to find it on there. Okay, All right. Do you have a website? No, no website, not okay. yet. We'll get you a website. We'll help you with that. <laughs> but yeah, thank you for coming on today and deciding to talk to us. Absolutely, thanks for having me, guys. All right, guys. Well, you know where to find them: Facebook, Instagram. Um, make sure you hit them up for all your detailing needs, and we will uh, see you guys in the next one. Have a great day. Take care. <laughs>